Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, it is good to be back in Concord. We had a a nice vacation, a few days off down at the beach, back and uh, ran that Spartan race, and then I I headed down to Southeastern to teach for for a couple of days. And one of the the things that uh, is so nice to be gone is just like not even even for a second thinking anything, because this is the best staff in all all of America. Can you just show some love to these guys? Pastor John just killed the game on Sunday as usual. We watched uh, the, the service one and a half times. Um, so we watched the 9.15 and then just kept it going for the 11.15. It was so good. We were double dipping on Sunday, even though uh, we weren't with you guys. But it is, it is super good to be back. Here's what we're going to do tonight. I think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be a fun night. I think it's going to be a, hope it's going to be a helpful night. And I believe even just kind of a significant night in the life of, of CFA. So here's a little bit of the backstory. As you uh, may have noticed, if you've been here a, a couple of months or, or even over the last eight, eight months or so, um, very thankful to the Lord that we have had uh, several what I will call vocal um, there's multiple spiritual gifts, but vocal gifts of the Spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, gifts of messages in tongues and interpretation during our corporate worship services on the weekend. Um, but sometimes when we're, because we're human, and oftentimes when we step out in things that God wants us to, sometimes we, how many of you ever uh, heard God and got it right? And then how many of you have ever heard God and just like tripped a little bit? Like I've got every appendage I have up. I just wanna, I just wanna keep trying, right? So I'm thankful that God is speaking. I'm thankful that this church is open to the gifts of the Spirit. And I want all that God has. What I thought that I would do is just take a moment to step into this and teach tonight out of 1 Corinthians 14. So I'm gonna teach on the gifts of the Spirit this Wednesday and then not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that. So I'm going to teach for a while on 1 Corinthians 14 and just bring some clarity, especially to the vocal gifts of the Spirit, tongues, interpretation, words of prophecy, wisdom, and knowledge, and how those, how God wants those to operate in the body of Christ. And then to, and then I'm going to tell you a, a few stories, just what God is up to and can connect some dots. It's really pretty cool Um, Only God could do this kind of stuff. And then we're going to conclude our service by doing a little bit of a lab. And so uh, it's going to be fun. And you're going to get a chance to see some of the gifts of the Spirit in operation tonight. You say, I don't know about all that. Trust me. It'll be fun. And and God will do some cool things tonight. So um, let's just preface it by by saying this, uh, that God's word is greater than church tradition. Can I hear an amen? My personal experience, can I hear an amen? They're getting weaker. This one, now I'm expecting a good amen on this. I know you're going to have to work this up. You're going to have to tell, you've got to tell yourself, you're going to amen this. Believe it or not, God's word is greater than your personal preference. Amen. amen. God's word is greater than your comfort zone. 
So it's just interesting to note, and I was even reading a little bit, I'm reading a, a book on John Wesley and the history of, of the amazing revival that God brought with John Wesley. You know what most revivals have started with? Uh, some sort of combination of the next generation. There's something about the, the next generation that sometimes they're just more open to stuff. Um, uh, some sort of combination of prayer. And some sort of combination of saying, God's word is more important than my preference in church tradition. So we're going to do God's word, whether it makes us feel uncomfortable or not. We're going to do God's word, whether that's why we were raised or not. We're going to do God's word, amen, that we're going to do God's word, whether our personal experience and pushes out of our comfort zone, we are going to do God's word because it's amazing. I know this sounds strange, but when God gets his way, things are better. And I know that's a good theological statement to make, but how many of you know that's a little bit harder to live by uh, sometimes than others? So I just want, I fully want, not only in my life, but in CFA, I, want, I, want, I believe that God has called CFA to be a fully empowered, spirit-empowered Pentecostal church, not in doctrine only, how many of you know something can be written in a doctrinal statement and it not be in operation in the life of corporate worship? I don't want to be, be spirit-empowered in history only. I want to be a spirit-empowered, vibrant church today. Amen? Amen. So let's go to God's Word. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. And we're just going to teach tonight. Let me start with the end in mind. So Paul concludes this whole discourse. The, the Corinthian church, they were a unique bunch. We are too. Tell, tell the person next to you, you're unique. And you could mean that. You could mean that the way you want to mean it. And, and, and they don't even, you can just smile and say, you're, you're, so, you're God bless you. You're so unique. <laughs> So, uh, and then you'll have to repent later, but uh, the, the Corinthian church, they were a unique bunch. Like, they came, out, they came out of a mess. They were a sexually immoral, spiritually off the deep end bunch, and they got on fire for God, but they took some of their weird old practices, and they didn't know what to do with those, and so their church was real confusing. Um, people were just speaking in tongues all over the place and, uh, people didn't understand what was going on and it was confusing. And Paul came in, he's like, guys, I, lo I love your passion. I love that you're passionate about spiritual gifts, but let me bring some teaching to what's going on here. So this is how Paul concludes it in verse 39. He says, so my dear brothers and sisters, he says three things. He says, number one, be eager to prophesy. Tell your, tell your neighbor, be eager. Be eager to prophesy. Um, number two, he says, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Well, that's just kind of clear. Yes. <laughs> um, so we've got people, we've got people at CFA, and I'm so grateful for it, that when, when I say the word speaking in tongues, some of you are like, yeah, that was, uh, I heard tongues before I heard English. I was, I was raised in church and at the altars and just like, that's nothing new to me. Some of you are like, Wait, what? <laughs> what's, what's this speaking in tongues thing? So we'll teach a little bit about what, what that is. And then some of you may have been brought up in a, a church tradition that actually taught against that. 
But the Bible is just real clear. It says don't, don't forbid it. And kind of our theology, so what do you believe at CFA? Here's what we believe in a nutshell. This is the best one-line definition of, of charismatic theology that I know. It's by a guy named Robert Menzies who's way smarter than me. He says these stories are our stories. So that's kind of it. These stories are our stories. What does that mean? It means if it happened in the Bible, it can still happen today. So like if God gave somebody a dream in the Bible, he can give you a dream. If God healed somebody in the Bible, he can heal you. If God caused somebody to uh, receive another prayer language, you can too. If, if God, all, all of these things, that have, if it happened in scripture, so we don't just, when you go into the theater and when you watch a good movie, you're drawn into the story, but when you leave, you're not changed. The story stays on the screen. What God says is I'm not just gonna tell you a good story. I invite you into the story. Come on, say amen to that. You're not just a character, you're an actor. You get to experience everything on the pages of Scripture. So he says, be eager to prophesy, don't forbid speaking in tongues, and be sure that everything is done properly and in order. You say, that's great, Pastor Doug. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, you're the pastor, you're supposed to know. Well, maybe, but I don't. Because let me, let me explain to you why I don't know. It's not all spelled out for us. It's not. Let me explain to you what I mean. Um, so the Bible gives us general principles, and then some things God leaves for us to figure out, okay? You say, what, what's, what are you talking about, Pastor Doug? Let me give you an example. So when Jesus said uh, children were around Jesus one time, and the disciples were like, get the, get the kids away. Don't let them bother Jesus. He's a busy guy. And Jesus rebukes the disciples, and he says, don't forbid the little children to come unto me. And he brought the little children to him, and he took them, and he laid hands on them, and he blessed them. So there is a biblical, and many other places in Scripture as well, but there is a biblical principle that as a church, Jesus loves kiddos, and we should be involved in reaching the next generation for Jesus. Amen? And then it doesn't say, and here's 10 ways how to run kids' church. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And so it gives you the principle of Jesus loves kids, you go love kids, but that looks different. Remember, remember the days of summer VBS? How many of you grew up on Kool-Aid and cookies? And uh, uh, when I first came to Cabarrus County, I thought the state flag was actually a sundrop banner announcing VBS. Because every, like every June on every corner, v, VBS, VBS, VBS. And I love, I grew up on VBS. But we've do, we, now we do some different things. We do summer camps and we do kids world services and and we do how I many of you grew up when there wasn't kids world services my kids world service was you sit here you get a box of raisins and two tic tacs and you shut your mouth that's what my kids world service was like growing up in church but we're better than that now we do better ministry to kids so this is Paul gives us a principle do everything decently and in order but then he doesn't give a list of and here's exactly how that's supposed to look in Concord North Carolina at a church of over 3,000 in 2018. Does that make sense? Now, there are some principles, and we want to go through those principles. If you give a message in tongues, make sure it's interpreted. Uh, no more than two or three speaking at the most. Don't let it be confusing. Don't let it speak, be spoken over top of each other. But there's some things that are what I would say up to the, what I'll call the, the rules of the house, the house rules. 
So, you know, like when you went over to the, your buddy's house in the summer and his mama had different house rules than your mama did and you had old carpet and it didn't matter and you, you took three steps into your buddy's house and they got brand new carpet. It was different house rules. That mother had eyes in the back of her head and she had your shoes off before you knew what was happening. Not right or wrong, just different house rules rules. And so what I want to do is what, what we are doing as a staff is I'm pouring myself into 1 Corinthians 14. I'm saying, God, what's absolutely biblical, because we're going to do that. And then Holy Spirit, would you lead and guide us into what are our, what's our culture? So like, let's just be, let's just be real. Um, I'm believing for more, not less. Uh, so, so I think, I think there are many who are here that you have uh, prophetic gifting, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, but I bet some of you would say, pastor, sometimes I feel stirred during the week and I feel like God's given me a word or I feel stirred on Sunday morning, but I don't know what to do with that. And I think that's fair. And so what I want to do is open up a good decent and in order way for you to express those words. Does that sound good? So we're going to walk this, walk through this biblically and culturally as, as a church. Here we go. Let me give you uh, some things to jot down. Hope you're taking notes as usual. Number one, love is primary. Love is primary. Verse 1, Paul just starts out. He's really clear here. And he says, let love be your highest goal. We want an atmosphere and a culture where you can be broken and hurting and look like the last person in the world that should be walking through a church doors. And I hope that CFA will continue to always be a church that loves people when they're not un very lovable because how many of your story is like mine and God loved you when you weren't very lovable. Love is the ultimate goal. And this is just something tangible and practical. Um, remember several months ago I gave this principle and, and hopefully this has been helpful. This was just how you discern something in your own life. Like, man, was that God's voice? Was that my own voice or was that the enemy's voice? Here's one kind of just filter that you can put in your own life to know whether it's God's voice. And we taught this, that God's, the voice of God sounds like the character of God. God can't speak contrary to his character. What's God's character? Go back a couple of chapters to 1 Corinthians or go back one chapter to 1 Corinthians 13. And the Bible says that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It isn't rude. It isn't self-seeking. It always hopes, always perseveres. Can we just be real? How many of you maybe like that have grown up back in the day in Pentecost heard an interpretation or a message in tongues or a word of knowledge and um, you're like, oh, God's an angry God, <laughs> right? Like, um, I know that doesn't sound real, like, wh like, why does that, and like, God wasn't angry. Maybe it was just a misinterpretation of the passion level and the person delivering the gift of, like, um, 
boy, God sounds really mad right now. But God, God is love, and the voice of God sounds like the character of God. And so let me just say, if we're speaking on behalf of God, it's going to sound loving. Amen? Does that sound good? It can be passionate. It doesn't have to be quiet. We can be excited. But the voice of God sounds like the character of God. So love is always primary. Loving law. If it doesn't reach lost people, I don't want anything to do with it. That's why, that's why we're here and we always want to make sure everything that we do. Paul was really concerned with two things. He was concerned that spiritual gifts were in operation. He was really concerned about unbelievers coming in the church and not being freaked out and saying y'all are crazy. We'll get to that in a moment. Number two, we should actively seek spiritual gifts. Amen? We should actively seek. So I believe that we shouldn't come into any, anything. And this isn't just talking about corporate. This is talking about a, a small group, a meeting or anything. And just have this attitude of, God, if you want to you you, you know, you show up, go ahead and show up. Uh, that's, not the, that's not what Paul's saying. The Bible says, but you should also desire. Say desire. You should also desire the spirit special abilities or the gifts that the spirit gets. Not a passive attitude towards spiritual gifts, but a, come on, God, I'm expecting something. I want you to use me today. I want you to, and, and it doesn't always have to be in the, in the service. A word of knowledge can be given to somebody in the lobby, you know? Right, So, so we, we never want to use the barometer or the litmus test, was it a spiritual service or not, of was there an exercise of a vocal gift of the Spirit? No, love is primary, and if the word, if the word is preached and if God is glorified, we hit, we hit our goal. And sometimes there'll be vocal gifts and sometimes there won't, but it's not that, oh, this service was more spiritual than another service based on and any of that. Number three, Paul is primarily concerned with understanding and uplifting of all. Understanding and uplifting of all. I'm going to read a lot of scripture here, but I think it's important. I'm going to check in with you, so don't nod, don't nod off. I'm going to ask you if you're still with me, and if you're still with me, say yes. So he says, uh, eager des eagerly desire the special abilities of the Spirit, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, You'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. But the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages others, comforts others. So there's the litmus test for prophecy. So a word of prophecy is strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Verse 4, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. By the way, this is just a good practice. Like, if you're going through a rough day, get yourself in a corner and talk to tongues to yourself. Like, because it, edifi it edifies you. It, strengthen it strengthens you. You get edified uh, by that. But the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Then Paul says, I wish you all could speak in tongues. By the way, you can. So um, if you're here and you're, you're saying, Doug, I've never heard about it, or I've asked for my spiritual language, I've asked for the gift of tongues, but I haven't received it. Um, at any point during any of our prayer services, 
just be open to that. God can, do, God can fill you tonight. And it can just be really natural. Ask somebody to pray for you. We'll pray for you. Uh, this is a gift that Paul just says, it's not for a select few. Paul says, I wish you all could speak in tongues. But even more, I wish y'all could prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you're saying to the whole church so that they'll be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I come to speaking to you in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the burglar doesn't sound, bugler, that's different. Those are different things. If the... If the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. Are you still with me? Say yes. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has a meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I'm a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. The same is true for you. Since you're eager to have the special abilities of the Spirit, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. See how passionate Paul is, in a especially in a corporate worship setting. He wants people to understand and he wants people to be edified and encouraged. Number four, there is a harmony and a flow. There's a flow to a service. Verse 7, even lifeless. So, so in a service, just like if you attend a, an orchestra or a band concert, the, the, uh, our awesome guys in the sound booth, give them a hand, give them a hand back there, fighting through, <laughs> fighting through demons in the power system. But Saul, Saul will tell you, Saul, if the, if the mix is off, you know. Like if you have all lead guitar, but not much bass and you can't hear the keys or you have one vocalist that's up. And so what Saul and Terry and Mark and Matt and all the, the, the whole team, thank you all you guys, the work media team, just uh, appreciate your world changer ministry. But what they do, they find the flow they find the mix so the guitar blends with the flute and the flute blends with the drums and the drums blends with the lead vocalist and the lead vocalist and there's a, there's a flow, there's a flow, there's a flow, there's a flow. And so a move of the spirit, a move of the spirit should flow. It shouldn't feel, it shouldn't feel jerky. It shouldn't feel abrupt. It shouldn't feel like one instrument. It shouldn't just be like overpowering another instrument. Are you tracking with me? So there should be a, there should be a flow. There should be a, a, a that. There's a harmony. And here's what God gives. I believe God gives the pastor or the person that's in control, that has the spiritual authority of that service. Uh, he gives me or whoever else is in charge of that service the conductor's baton the kind of the spiritual conductor's baton. And it's up to us just to kind of conduct that. We conduct that. Here's, here's what we're sensing. Here's, what, here's what's uh, going on here. And it's a, you say, well, I, I just, I got a gift and I just can't, I just can't hold it. I just can't hold it. No, no. 
Verse 32, remember the people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Number five, someone who gives a message in tongues should pray that he or she interprets that message. Um, So let me make a distinction. There is a difference between the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is your prayer language, and then the gift of tongues, which is a demonstration of that in a corporate worship setting. So everybody, any Christian, anybody that said yes to Jesus can speak in tongues. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, that is available to everybody. Not everybody has the gift of speaking in tongues Uh, bringing a message in tongues in a corporate worship service that is to be interpreted. But then Paul says, so in verse 13, so anyone who speaks in tongues should also pray for the ability to interpret what has been said. So if you are, if you feel like you have a message in tongues for the corporate body, then you should also be praying, God, if nobody else interprets, give me the interpretation. Does that make sense? So um, let's let's just be very real and let me walk you through a very practical situation. So we had a um uh, bring some clarity to it. A couple weeks ago in, in our 1115 service, we had a vocal message in tongues that may not have seemed to be interpreted. But let me let me just tell you what happened in that moment. Number one, I believe God by his grace. Uh, well, here, let me t- let me back up and tell you this. And I've been there and you probably have been there, too. So. This is, I just bring this as a teaching moment, no shame, no embarrassment at all. Somebody actually came up to us after the service and said, Pastor, I think I, I, think I had it, and I was a little bit afraid. Have you ever, how many of you know, have you ever been there in anything in your life? God asked you to do anything, and you're like, ah, oh, I thought, I, I think I was supposed to do this, but I was a little bit afraid. And they handed me a piece of paper, and do you know what was on that paper? It was exactly, almost exactly the same thing that the Lord had given me to steer that moment. So I believe, here's what happened there, um, that God wanted somebody to interpret. They were a little hesitant. Hey, it's okay. We all miss it sometimes. And then, so the Spirit just moved to your pastor and allowed me to operate in the interpretation in a very natural way. So it wasn't, I, I, I didn't go into, you know, Um, maybe a mode where you have heard an interpretation before, but we just brought it to um, somebody who had been in church and religious but hadn't yet be saved, and I believe that there were two responses in that moment. So does that make sense? Does that bring some clarity there to to what happened there? Um, And then number six, y'all, this one has, this one is, um, this one just says it. It says, the Bible says, God's word says, Doug, he's talking to you. Tongues is a sign for for who? So how many of you were ever like me and grew up in Pentecost? And I know when I invited my buddy that I played Little League Baseball with to my Pentecostal church service, I was not necessarily praying for his salvation. I was just praying that nobody spoke in tongues. And you can judge me all you want, but I was scared. Like, I just, God, please don't let anything weird. I'm already nervous. He's already in church. He doesn't go to church. Please, nothing weird happen today. 
But you know what I you know what I've found practically? You know what I've found? You know who is nervous about unbelievers hearing messages in tongues? Believers. It's not the unbelievers. The unbelievers like, I thought y'all were weird anyways. <laughs> I mean, for real. We believe that a virgin was impregnated, impregnated by the Most High God, that somebody lived a perfect life for 33 years, died on a cross, was brought back to life, lives up in heaven, a trumpet's going to sound and is coming back again. That's already weird. We might as well believe everything else too. But honestly, honestly, here's been in, in just the last 18 months when we've had messages in tongues on a Sunday morning, people that have either been unbelievers or maybe have not grown up in that environment. You know what the feedback that I have heard? Wow, that was real. Wow, wow. I don't know, I don't know if I expl- uh, understand all that, but that, that, was, that was powerful. Something, something's going on. See, the Bible, the Bible just very clearly says, Paul very clearly says, so you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they'll think you're crazy. So here's where we misinterpret it's not that believers think we're crazy if we speak in tongues. They think that disorder is crazy. Does that make sense? That's what Paul was saying. It's not the speaking in tongues that they think is crazy. It's, no, this needs some leadership. This needs some pastoral direction. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers are people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they'll be convicted of sin and judged by what you say as as they listen their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God declaring God is truly here among you so conclusion of our teaching segment of this number seven we'll end where we started Paul says be eager to prophesy don't forbid speaking in tongues everything should be done in a fitting an orderly way. So, let me tell you a little bit of a story, and the story just ha- happened this week, and this is, this is just what God does. So I've been um, just pouring into uh, 1 Corinthians 14. We've been talking about it as a, as a team and just saying, God, give us direction. We want to be a vibrant, healthy, growing church. Our goal is to reach the 137,000 in Cabarrus County and the 100,000 in Davidson. We want to we wanna provide uh, services where you feel great about bringing your unsaved relatives, lost people to, and know that they're going to hear the word they're going to be brought into the atmosphere of God and they're going to get to experience the, the power of God. Um, and so we want, we want all of these things and, and kind of the tension of my, my life has been, God, I want to reach lost people and I want all that you have, but I don't, want, I don't want it to get weird and scare off lost people and I don't want to scare off our own people and just all, all of these things that internally uh, pastors wrestle with and maybe, maybe you've wrestled, wrestled with some. And so I'm like, Holy Spirit, speak to me, but uh, God also, like some other some other churches, guys, can I just be really honest? There are, there are many, many, many churches, and, and I'm not, maybe this is part of 
them doing things decently and in order. So I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I don't feel like this is what God has called us to. There are many uh, spirit-empowered churches that would say we don't, we don't want the vocal gifts of the spirit on a, on a Sunday morning. And again, I'm not, I'm not judging them. That's, that's fine. Maybe that's how God spoke to them to do things decently and in order. I just don't think that's the, what, what he spoke to us. So I'm looking around, and, but there aren't a lot, there aren't a lot of growing churches who do. There's, no, there's not, like that's just real honest and that's real practical. And so uh, I'm, I'm saying, God, I, you know, just something. I gotta, you got to give me some, you know, provide me a mentor or something like this. So I, uh, I go down Sunday afternoon, I leave and I go down to, to teach at Southeastern. And um, in my class are two people from a church in Dallas, Texas. It's called the, the, the Oaks Fellowship. It's an Assemblies of God church. If you've done, if you or your kids have done fine arts in recent years, you know them. They get called. Like they're a, they are a growing, thriving, awesome church with great leadership. They probably run six, seven, eight thousand. They're just, God is using them to do some amazing things. And um, so in this, in this class, there's about 10 or 11 people in the class. I, no, I noticed that there's a couple people from the Oaks Fellowship. What I had heard, actually, I had read a story. Their pastor, Pastor Scott Wilson, had read a book. Let me tell you the back, the back story of the book, because this is pretty cool. It's called Clear the Stage. And so Pastor Scott took the church from his dad. Pastor Scott grew up in a very Pentecostal environment, and he saw too much weird stuff. And basically, according uh, to his story, he kind of said, if we never have a vocal gift of the Spirit on a Sunday morning again, I'm totally okay with that. And they didn't. For years, they'd, they didn't, they didn't. And, and there was a pastor down the road from him, and they had become friends, and it was a, a prophetic church, a charismatic church. And that pastor came in to see Pastor Scott one day and the pastor uh, just sat down and he said, uh, hey, Pastor Scott, God wants me to ask you if you'll give him one minute in the service. Pastor Scott got a little offended. (laughs) You know, it's just kind of smile and nod, but in his spirit, he's thinking, God has every minute of our service. He has every minute. What do you mean Give God a minute. He's got, he's got everything. And so he just, you know, they finished the conversation. Pastor Scott was not happy with that conversation. But he went through his week and God wouldn't leave him alone. And he just, he was uh, in a lot of turmoil really through this. He's saying, God, what's, what does this mean? What is going on? And so he called the pastor. He said, I can't rest. What's going on here? Come back and speak into my life. What's God saying here? And so uh, on that Saturday night, as nervous as it can be, gets up on Sunday morning, they had just put a whole lot of money into the, uh, a new set and, and getting ready to go. And he said, God said to give him a minute of this service. I don't know exactly what this means, but we're just going to be quiet and wait for one minute. And they did that. And there was, a, there was a message in tongues and interpretation. Long story short, six years later, it, it shifted the culture of their church. 
It shifted the culture of their church. And he is leading a vibrant, healthy church that has vocal gifts of the Spirit. Do they have some things that he has to step into on a Sunday morning and bring correction to, bring order to? Absolutely, but he does it in a loving but a strong and authoritative way. But they do, they do all this. So who's, who's in this class? Not only two people uh, from the Oaks, and I didn't even realize this, and I start, I'm a little slow, but I started putting two and two together. I'm like, Scott Wilson, Scott Wilson. I look at the kid's name tag, and it's Wilson. I'm like, oh, okay, like you're the son, right? And so, so Dylan Wilson is in, in the class, and um, another girl by the name, their group's pastor by the name of Christina. And so we just started, uh, we started uh, uh, just talking and opening up, because this was one of the, this was actually one of the discussion things for the class of how can we do this as as pastors on Sunday mornings on, in our cor- corporate worship experience. And they talked about the pastor, Scott, the Lord had showed him uh, 1 Corinthians 14. This was another thing I'd kind of asked the Lord for because I think God can do the same principles in different ways, right? Different, different methodology, same gospel, different, different method, different container. Um, uh, so what they do, 1 Corinthians 14 says, pray in tongues and pray with understanding. And then on over to Colossians, it says, uh, God's, all of God's promises are yes in Christ, and so through him the amen is spoken by us. So Pastor Scott, the Lord kind of dropped this into his spirit, P, P3, the letter P3. Pray in tongues, pray in the spirit, pray with understanding, pray in agreement. Pray in the spirit, pray with understanding, and pray in the spirit. So they have, they have kind of adopted this thing. So they'll take a minute, like say in a staff meeting, they do it in groups of four, they do it in small groups, but they'll do it to begin a staff meeting. They say, this isn't on the agenda, it sets the agenda. So they take a minute and a half and they just pray in tongues. It's not the gift of tongues, they're edifying themselves. So it's just their, their prayer language, they're just praying in tongues. And then they stop and say, okay, uh, now we're going to pray with understanding what's God saying. And they ask God for words. And so somebody will, will get one part of the word and they'll say it out loud and they'll write it down. And somebody will get a picture and they'll say it and write it, write it down. Think, think of it this way. Think of putting a, like putting a puzzle together. So if you pick up one piece of a puzzle, you're like, what, what in the world is this? Like this doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to contribute my piece of the puzzle even though I don't understand what it means. And it's when the puzzle pieces are brought together that the puzzle piece makes sense. Or, or maybe another way to explain it would be this. Think of it at the, football, at the football game when you're with 14 of your buddies and you all brought a sign. And if you were just, look, maybe it's like uh, a defense, you know, and you have, you have one blue line. And if you were to just look at your blue line, you're like, man, I'm crazy. They don't even, I'm not included in the group. They must not think I'm, I'm a football fan. They just gave me a blue line. But it's when you hoist it up and it's the whole thing comes together. It makes sense, right? So uh, they'll do this and then there'll, there'll be somebody that pastors that moment that's writing those things down. And I can, I can tell y'all are like, this is, what are you even talking about, Doug? Don't, wor- don't worry. Don't worry. We're gonna, I'm going to show you. It's going to be so cool. And some of you are going to be like, you're going to see, you're going to see spiritual gifts and operations. This is going to be fun. Um, so they do that and then they get the word and they read it. They, then they read it back as God speaking. So this is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. And then they say, okay, this is what God has said. Now we're going to, now we're going to pray it in. And they pray it in. 
So we were expl- they were talking through all this, and it was, it was really cool just listening to their stories. And then Dylan says, hey, prof, he says, uh, your class, absolutely under your authority. But he said, could we, could we like, do a lab here? Could we, we've been talking about this. Could we, could we do this? I said, yeah, let's, let's do this. So 11 people, and he just start, started to lead it. Y'all, a couple of hours later, we didn't have any music going. We didn't have a worship band. We didn't get, get ourselves all hyped up, except we just conversationally were praying in the spirit. Two hours later, as people were standing there, because we were asking God to give like individuals direction, and just people with tears streaming down their face. A pastor in Washington, D.C., somebody got a word about grandfather. He said, all my, all my life, I just wanted to be a spiritual grandfather. That's the desire of my heart. Another young, young buck worship leader, the word, the picture, the word picture that God gave to somebody was they just saw an army, like an army of worship leaders around him, and he's standing there crying. He said, he said, about six years ago, sitting in my undergrad class at Southeastern, the professor said, ask God for something crazy. Ask God for a crazy dream. He said, I just asked God, would you help me to raise up an army of worship leaders, an army, an army of pastors, all the, like really uh, serious things, all the way to just kind of fun things that lets people know that Hey, God's like, I see you. I care about you. When we were praying for one girl, one person's like, this sounds kind of weird, but my picture was of a blueberry bush. And uh, she said, so she went through her whole thing at the end, and she said, oh, yeah, by the way, every, every day, every day I get a blueberry iced tea from Dunkin' Donuts. So that's the blueberry connection. There was one girl there. Somebody saw we had a whiteboard there in class, but it was real smudged, like a, one of those bad erasers on a whiteboard, and they were trying to take that away, or trying to erase it, but it didn't work real well, and one person's word picture was that God was, they saw that whiteboard, and God just cleaning it, wiping it absolutely clean, and then right after he said that, the, another girl was like, that's crazy, my word was clean slate, and she's stand, standing up at the end, just tears. She said, even she loves Jesus in ministry. She said, even this week, I have dealt with so much guilt and shame over one picture in my past that the enemy won't. So just, just the, the, the move of the, the spirit. So I can tell this is a, like, you guys were smiling at the beginning, and now you're nervous. I get it, I get, I get it, it's okay. It's okay. Here's, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to do, do this, and we're going to do just a lab. And um, there will be times, because this is, deep, this is the deeper crowd, and I wouldn't do, I would probably do it a little bit differently if I was doing it on a Sunday morning. Pastor Scott's done this with groups of four. He's done it with groups of 5,000. Um, but, but what we're going to do tonight is I've gotten with our, our elders, our pastors, and I've talked them through this process, and I said, we're just gonna, we're gonna demonstrate how God speaks to us, and we're gonna kind of demonstrate, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask the Lord, God, how do you want us to close this service? How do you want us to finish this service? And maybe God will, will use you or, or speak a word to you in that, okay? So uh, we're gonna walk through the P3 process. You're gonna, there will be, there will be gaps where um, there's not gonna be music playing, and I'm going to be writing, and I'm going to be writing slow, so it may be, it'll, be, it'll be quiet for a while. It'll be a little bit awkward, but 
Um, just, it'll be okay, all right? It'll be okay. And we're just going to walk through this process. So I'm going to ask the pastoral team to just come up and stand by me. And what we're going to do is we're going to take about a minute and a half and corporately, all together, if you have your, your spiritual language, if you have your prayer language, we're going to just pray conversationally in that language, in that voice. So let me just demonstrate kind of what that looks like. Turn to the person beside you and introduce yourself. I know you probably know them, but just say, you know, hello, my name is. Okay. So see, that voice, that voice, same voice. Same voice. So you're not, yeah, yeah. No, that's my job, okay? I get to, I get to yell. You don't get to yell right now. You're just conversating. No, you're going to speak out. So we're going to just, uh, for about a minute and a half, and I'll just, I'll tell you, I'll keep you updated of the time. Um, we're about 30 seconds in. We're about 60 seconds in. I know this, I know this is so different. I know it is, but, but watch what God does here. Um, and then we're going to stop, and the Lord's going to give some, some word pictures. All of these guys may not get a phrase. Some of them might. Some of them might not. It doesn't. If somebody doesn't get a phrase, you're not like, oh, they're not walking with the Spirit. They must be in sin. No, that's not what, like, sometimes, there was, one, you know, one time, one time when we were doing it for the class, I didn't get anything, and sometimes I did. And, and you know, it's just we just want to be sensitive. We don't want to... We don't want to not say anything when God is saying something, but we don't want to say, say something if God's not saying anything. So obedience goes both ways, right? Don't force it. Don't force it. Um, so Pastor John's just going to have the mic, and as they get things, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to write these down, and I'm going to put the puzzle together, and then we'll see how, how God speaks us back. Does that make sense? Say yes. Are you uncomfortable? Say kind of. <laughs> All right, here we go. So um, just for the, next, for the next 90 seconds or so, just conversationally, we're going to pray in the spirit, okay? Here we go. That's it, in the, audi in the audience too, in the audience too. Every, all of us just kind of praying in the spirit here. What this is doing, it's encouraging our spirit. It's charging the atmosphere. We're about 30 seconds in, so another, another minute or so. Let's keep going. You're doing good. You're doing good here. You're encouraging yourself. About 30 more seconds, about 30 more seconds. About 10 more seconds, about 10 more seconds now. Let's just pray in the spirit. Jesus, Jesus' name. So now, Lord, we just ask, uh, as we've prayed in the Spirit, very biblical, Paul told us to pray in the Spirit, and then he told us to pray with understanding. So, Lord, now would you give us some phrases and pictures and understanding. So, team, uh, pastors, if, as those come to your uh, mind, if you'll just get the microphone from John and let me know what those are.
I see a tree by a river that part of the roots have been exposed, but those roots are being nourished by the river itself. Pastor Doug, this one's going to make you laugh. I saw an EpiPen. <laughs> and then and just a, for my non-medical mind clarification, that's like one of those, you're for, allergic to something. Yes. Got it. And a fountain. Cool. I saw, y'all remember those paint by number, uh, like things, the, the old, there was like eight different colors or something like that. So it was a tray of that. Um, and the, gr the green one was really standing out. So... Quiet intimacy explanation. Sorry, what was, the, what was the last one? Intimacy explanation. Explanation. There's a lot of water already up there, but it was just water. Water. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's so weird because this is weird. Mine was a person that was over their head in water, but they were reaching for like a life. They were like reaching up for like help. So that's what's mine. Okay, so I thought it was because I was drinking a bottle of water. <laughs> but the very first word when I went over to drink my water was refreshing. And mm. I thought, that's because I'm drinking a refreshing bottle of water. So <laughs> I just keep hearing the word. Uh, <laughs> it didn't pass me twice. Sorry, you got to wait a minute. I just keep hearing the word grace. 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 No, oh, sorry. I was complaining to John that you wouldn't give me the All right. mic. I'm sorry, Marvel. If you just hold one second. So what I'm I'm doing now, because um, I'm talking you through this. This is a lab, so I'm showing you kind of just behind the scenes what what I'm doing. I need just a little bit of a time to begin to put these kind of pieces together. But already, isn't this cool? I promise, like, we weren't talking about this beforehand. I mean, we did. We talked about what we were going to do, but we, nobody talked about what they were going to say. So all these water, water, water. You were in the back talking about, no, I promise we weren't. Um, that's just the way God, God speaks, right? So he's confirming what the Spirit's doing is he's confirming what he's doing. He's, show, he's actually showing somebody in the audience that this, you thought it was crazy. It's not crazy. God's, God's speaking. So I just need a little bit of time before Marvel gives me hers to connect these so far. And if I could type, this would go a lot quicker, but I'm a slow, I'm a writer, I'm old school. So I apologize, but this is going to take just a little bit of time because what I feel Marvel is your yours is gonna kind of tie this together. So well, let me give let me get this first. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> oh, this is this is so cool. This this is cool. So like as as I'm writing, and this is one thing that God will do, like as you this is why it's important to journal sometimes. As you journal, God will give you the connection, the revelation of these things. So um, this is so cool what God is doing here. Almost done here. All right, Pastor Marvel, hit me. I, I hope this makes sense, but I saw like bubbling water as well, heard flow, but then I saw arms reaching out that was uh, like 
making the water move, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 absolutely it does. This is, this is so cool. Yes, you still have a job. <laughs> oh, my challenge now is reading my writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is so cool. This is so cool. And anything else, please say no because I, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm open, okay? We got it? Okay, so what I'm, what I'm gonna do now is I'm just gonna I'm gonna read this to you in first person, okay? Like it, like the, because this this is like the Lord the Lord speaking, okay? So what what God is saying tonight is there are people here tonight who feel like you are over your head, you feel like you've been grasping your help and drowning. There are others who feel like part of their life has been exposed, and they're embarrassed. But I, this is God speaking, remember, um, uh, where did I go here? Sorry, I can't read my writing. But these are, here's, here's the word. These things in your life are not enemies, they're from me. So God, God has sent them. You're, he's saying to you, your roots are not exposed, they're being nourished. You're not over your head, you're being refreshed. It's like he's leading you into the bubbling of the water that you thought was drowning you is the pool of Bethesda that the angel just stirred. You're getting, you're getting your healing through what you thought was over, overwhelming you. Um, it is a fountain of healing like an EpiPen. I will bring you back to the place of growth and the green uh, paint thing, a, a place of growth and artistic expression in your life that you have longed for and that you thought was gone. So here's what we're gonna do. Again, this is, this is just real, this is a lab, this is real natural, this is real casual. I'm just interested in this moment. Um, did any of those hit anybody? You don't have to give me any specifics, but can you just kind of wave and just, yeah. Hold on, keep your hands up. Look, look around, look around. Do you, see, do you see what God just did there? That's kind of cool, huh? And that was the spiritual gift in operation. So now we're going to pray this in. We're going to pray it in, okay? So if, uh, why don't we all stand? And if that hit you, would you just lift a hand to heaven right now? And I'm going to declare this over you. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.